This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We are a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Welcome back to the Cheers to Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Wayne, and this is episode 261. Wouldn't it be weird if my voice just, like, changed in between episodes like that? (laughs) Uh, Episode 261 is finally a freaking highlight episode, man. Or is that, you know, been known to be called uh, an overview episode? But after, you know, two years and some odd days uh, i finally figured it out <laughs> you know this is this is the weekly highlights man this is what it is these are the 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 men- the worthy and mentionable things to talk about so highlights not overview overview sounds lame but uh yeah let's do this i've missed you guys once again i do got to apologize for not having out my midweek episodes um, the holidays were nutso, baby cut her finger, she's, she's goddamn strong as shit, she's cool, she's tough, but it definitely threw off my recording that day, and my schedule is so tight, it's really hard for me to reschedule stuff, so, that's just, uh, that's just what it's been, guys, it's just, yeah. um, but I'm back, and I am determined, I'm determined to, uh, keep you updated on the weekly the weekly happenings, you know, there's been some good news for sure throughout comics throughout the weeks that I've unfortunately haven't had the pleasure to deliver to you. Um, same thing with some cool books to talk about, but alas, I've figured it out. So here we go. Let's talk about before we talk about this week's highlights. Let's uh let's talk about Hooked on Comics, man. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know all about Hooked on Comics already. Just make sure you. It's one thing to know, it's another thing to act upon it. So, yeah, Hooked on Comics, if you're not aware, it's one of my favorite places on the entire planet Earth to uh, get comics, man. And I don't have to go into any stores to get them. It's all through online sales and auctions and live sales. That's what they're called, live sales. 
So Tuesdays and Saturdays be their main shows. Tuesdays their pre-sale show. So if for any reason you miss a book or forget to add a book to your pull list and you realize, oh shit, um, I, I might not have the opportunity to get this, then you hit on Hooked on Comics, man. You'll have the book later on that week. And for cover price at that, these guys don't hike up their prices or anything like that because, first of all, they, they place the books out before their... The, the you know new comic book day actually happens and that makes it really hard for the speculators to jack up the prices when the books haven't technically been released yet so you have that going for you um hooked on comics has your back and as far as the saturday show go that's that's their big boy show that's where you're getting your slabs and your 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 all of your key issues and everything else that's not really new comic book day related so, uh, when are these shows? Uh, on Tuesdays, it's 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and on Saturdays, it's 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And as far as where to find the show, hit up nsclivetv.com. Hit it, go into the channel guide, and you will see Channel 3, Hooked on Comics, right there in your face. Uh, and then, you, you know, it's going to lead you to Hooked on Comics on the Facebook, because that's where they do their sales from, so... Facebook, you know, like the Hooked on Comics page. And you know I'm sharing out their sales in the uh, Cheers to Comics Facebook group as well. So, um, yeah, if, if you haven't had the opportunity already, whether you've been listening to this show for one episode or 120 episodes, then and you haven't checked out Hooked on Comics yet, you really are missing out. Because just beyond the deals that you get and the convenience and safety of getting your comic books these guys put on a show as well you know and they don't have to try it's it's just f- these guys can get their own sitcom i'm telling you it's it's freaking hilarious so there you go as always brought to me by nsclivetv.com to bring to you um, now, speaking of nsclivetv.com i'm going to tell you all about inked marketing if you're a comic book creator and you have a uh, an Indiegogo or a Kickstarter campaign that needs launched, then Inked Marketing is the solution for you. Uh, it's it, and I say the solution. They have a 100% turnout rate as far as um, successful campaigns that they've they've uh, sponsored. Now, in that, you, there's there's so much that's included in the package. Uh, th- there really is. So, um, if if you're looking to make a book, and you know, you, you Kickstarters are stressful as hell, man. Um, I I've I've talked to plenty of creators that have been doing this for a very long time and put out tons and tons of Kickstarters, and none of them have said it just gets easier. You know, there's just is equally stressful each time, except for maybe the first time. But still. If there was ever a, first, I mean, a time that you need inked marketing, it's the first time. That's for damn sure. So head on over to Inked Marketing, which you could find through nsclivetv.com, uh, a proud affiliate and sponsor of this here podcast. So how was everybody's week? Well, yeah, was it good? Was it was it really good? Did it suck? Well, uh, I hope it didn't suck. And if it did suck, then you probably didn't do a whole lot of comic book reading, because that's what helps me, right? That's what helps me. That's why I do this, because, you know, fucking comic books make things less sucky. So, uh, let's let's talk about some news, man. Some stuff happened this week. There's definitely some stuff to talk about this week. Some big, fancy announcements. Let's start out with a... Well, you'd swear to God, or Shiva, or whatever entity... 
slash entities that you may or may not worship. Uh, the, this podcast is sponsored by Scout Comics, um, and I'm their little shill, but guess what I'm not? I'm not their little shill. They're just doing big things, and I just so happen to give recognition to those who do big things in the industry that's the most important thing on the planet to me. So Scout Comics, uh, they've they've been breaking ground left and right this year. It, uh, it's, it's weird to say, if it's been anybody's year this year, it's been Scout Comics, <laughs> 2020. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, they've, they've made this year shine um, in ways that... Uh, have been very difficult to make shiny, you know, it's, yeah, that's all there is to it. Um, so Scout, what have they done this time? What have they gone and done? Well, they are so, so, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, I, I guess, uh, confident, so confident, which they have all the reason to be, and their future pursuits of their company that they have gone on and created some new executive positions and done a mass hiring while DC's over here this quadrillion dollar company owned by AT&T and Warner and all of that bullshit well they're laying off people left and right when you got motherfuckers like Jim Lee going well I have a job tomorrow uh scouts over here going you get a job you get a job you get an executive job you get a sweet office you get a badass desk uh, yeah, that's what's going on over at Scout. So just, I'm telling you, these guys have their shit together. If you're ever in a comic book shop and you're looking at a shelf, a new rack, and you're looking at a bunch of indie books that you have no idea what it is, I could tell you this. If it says Scout on it in any way, shape, or form, there's a very, very, very good chance that it's going to be a very quality read. Whether or not it's your genre or flavor, I can't say, but I could say that it's going to be a quality read, because that's just what goes on in this company, guys. Once again, this is not a paid advertisement. I'm just, uh, buy with confidence when it comes to Scout. When these guys making moves like this, it just gives me more and more confidence. Between their movie deal that they're taking on, uh, the, this, this massive hiring expansion, it's, it's, there's just uh, so much to be said about what this company's done. So, shout out to him, and I also do these scout unboxings as well, I don't know if I've ever mentioned that on the podcast, but uh, on the Cheers to Comics YouTube channel, I got a new scout unboxing for December up, and there's some some cool stuff in there, man, some really cool stuff, so uh, all the more reason to get on scout, DC's not doing a, a monthly subscription box, Marvel's not doing a monthly subscription box, you know who else isn't? No one else, no one else, and no other comic book publisher out there that I'm aware of, and if it does exist, I'll sign up right now, um, is doing monthly subscription boxes with the value, especially with the value. I mean, you can take the value out of it, and they're still the only ones, but their, their, their value is just absolutely undeniable. So there you go. Uh, that's my ramble on on Scout. How about... Uh, how about this, guys? Let's let's get the the shit news out of the way. Uh, and this 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 news here has me really really thinking. Um, DPCC Denver Pop Culture Con, I think yeah D, yeah Denver Pop Culture Con, my hometown convention um, is already canceled for 2021. You know it's supposed to happen July 4th weekend, obviously canceled. But so far, the only uh, con or convention, to my knowledge, that has made the, the, the call to cancel 
for 2021 already has been Denver. And it, it, it makes me think a couple of different things. One of them being, um, you know, are, are <laughs> is the, the government in Denver that adamant or the, that, that, well, I guess has such little confidence that we're going to get our shit together here with COVID that they're just going to go and say, just get your hopes out of the way. Now we're going to save you the time and the money. And, uh, yeah. Um, and we're, we're not doing any conventions at all for 2021. Is this a DPCC call? Is this, like I said, a, a, a state call here in Colorado? I don't know. Um, those details are very important because if it's a state call, it's one thing. If it's the, the call of the convention, that tells me that there's going to be plenty following suit. You know, and personally, even myself, as somebody that really does enjoy conventions and um, yes, I, I've, I've been a germaphobe my whole life, but I still go to the conventions, you know, and I'm, I really want to meet these creators. Um, I, I, I wouldn't go next year. Um, not, not at this rate, uh, not, not six months from now, you know, maybe towards the end of the year, a year from now, maybe, but you know, at the same time, a year from now, I'm standing outside in the cold, man. You know, it's not like I'm going in there with a costume or anything, but still, it's uh, it's a summertime thing, and I just don't see, I don't really see it happening myself. Uh, some say it's preemptive and a little presumptuous and uh, over-cautionary, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's a wise move, I guess. Um, I... I I don't think it's just a Colorado thing. I, I think that, you know, Colorado, it's, uh, I think this is the first of many convention cancellations. Let's put it this way. Unless it's scheduled out towards the end of the year. I just, I don't think we're ready for it yet. And I'm a patient man. Now, the other side of me also thinks that, you know, as if, uh, there's uh, there's three sides to this coin. Is it A, is it a government call? Is it a, you know, the convention making this call based off of health and safety? Or is it C, if you're not aware or haven't been to a Denver pop culture con lately in the last few years, it's taken a tremendous dip. I mean, it's really hard to get big name uh, creators in Artist Alley over there. And uh, I don't give a shit about the actors that show up. I, I just don't. You know, to me, that doesn't make the convention. It's who they get in the comic book industry at Artist Alley that makes the convention to me. And the last couple of years have continuously gotten yeah and yeah er so I kinda I kinda think that this might be DPCC's way of going, alright, let's take a two year hiatus, let's really get our shit together and let's come back big, man. Let's let's bring uh, let's just come out swinging and you know, let's not make our our comeback mediocre half-ass when you know, we still got to worry about COVID because if this shit's not fixed by 2022 I mean that's where we comic books are the last thing we're worrying about comic book conventions at least are the last thing we're worrying about <laughs> so that's my thoughts on that you know let me know what you think uh on Twitter at cheers to comics let me know what you think you know is this uh presumptuous uh, over cautionary is it you know if you've attended dpcc is this something that you know you think maybe this is a good means to a reboot if you will i don't know i don't know um i i honestly think that this is a means to a reboot that's where i'm at on it you know i, I i'm not saying that, you know obviously i said i think many are going to follow suit but i don't think it's going to be another 
completely canceled year like it was last year. I think we're probably going to be running at about 40% next year as far as conventions go. But I, I really think DPCC is just using this as an excuse to say, you know what, mm, let's, let's get our shit together. Uh, all right, moving on, moving on. Uh, it was only a matter of time before Aliens got their first series announced through Marvel. You know, we've already started seeing Aliens covers come through on the FOCs. Uh, I didn't think that it would be this quick, but it's here. John Tyler Christopher and Salvador La Roca on Aliens. Now, this is something that I'm very excited about. You know, John Tyler Christopher, I've, you know, I'm about 50-50 on him. I haven't read much from him. Uh, There's nothing that I've completely disliked, but at the same time, he's not a, holy shit, I can't believe this guy's writing this type of um, writer yet. But to be fair, I also haven't read The Last God yet either, which is the thing that's really putting him on the map. So, um, I, I could tell by his style, though, just his writing style that he would be a good fit for an aliens book and as far as the art goes which to me is probably the most important thing because aliens to me is all visual um salvador la roca doing it i'm i'm very intrigued with that and i have a lot of confidence in this team so uh i'm aliens are here man now i i I say give it three months three months tops and we're talking predator and by the end of the year, we have an Aliens versus Predator crossover. If not, an Aliens slash Predator slash fucking Captain America crossover. Uh, I just, I, I see it being a thing. Can you imagine Captain America in the jungle versus Predator? Oh, that'd be cool. I'd like to see that. I know everybody wants to see Wolverine in the jungle versus Predator, but we all know how that goes. I mean, that's not a fight. Wolverine wins every time. But Captain America... Mm-hmm. That'd be a fun one. I just came off the top of my head, too. Uh, <laughs> more news. More news. Speaking of Marvel, um, this doesn't really surprise me, but you know, it's, it, Marvel is essentially saying there's a rebirth coming very soon in 2021, uh, revolving around this Avengers arc. Now, how much of a rebirth? I don't know. I use the term rebirth in heavy air quotes. Those are their words, not mine. We all know what happened when DC did a rebirth. It was a complete, you know, redo. Uh, Now, uh, is Marvel really going to rewrite and just start all over in this universe? I don't know. I don't know. Are they going to end all of their ongoing titles and put everything back to number one? I don't know. Uh, But what uh, this does tell me is that the events of this Enter the Phoenix arc that is just now prologuing in the uh, Avengers series is, regardless, the events are going to be massive. You know, it's going to change some shit. Now, will it change everything? I don't know. Like I said, I said it 12 times now. I don't know. But um, how do I feel about, uh, you don't care how I feel, but I'm going to tell you how I feel just a little bit here about Marvel doing a complete reboot. You know, I'm actually the kind of guy, the the, kind of collector and the kind of reader that enjoys a reboot. Um, I I really do. I know, don't get me wrong, I love a good 50-issue series. That's super cool. As a collector, I love having a 50-issue block uh, of a single series. Um... But, you know, I also like seeing other writers' takes on characters, too. And sometimes, I, you know, it just 
writers run out and it gets kind of boring and yeah i think there's enough character and enough writer you know creative out there to come together and give us this ultimate you know just mixture and solution of all of these different stories and I'm all for it, man. Plus, as a collector, I like having lots of number ones. It's okay to have number ones. Number ones usually introduce something big. And if you're a collector or a speculator, all you're looking for is the next big thing. So you can't bitch about that. And as a reader, I think Marvel's doing a really good job of when they do reboot something. Or not, I wouldn't say reboot, but relaunch something. Uh, they, they do a pretty good job of leaning into the previous stories as well. Um, sometimes so much is to just keep the entire creative team. <laughs> spider one. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm all for this. I really am. And, uh, you know, I, I think... I, I think 2021 should be a rebirth in a lot of ways for a lot of us. <laughs> you know, let's try to shake this shit off, man. I think Marvel's got the right idea here. I know there's going to be a lot of haters screaming at this idea, but... I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So, uh, that's the news with this week, guys. You know, I know I kind of really went on there, but I think there's some, some big stuff to talk about for sure. You know, Scout on top of their game, Denver Pop Culture Con, mm, shaking shit up a little bit. Uh, aliens, everybody's excited about aliens. Um, even if you're a Marvel hater, you're, you're probably an alien lover, so you're into it. And, you know, Marvel changing shit up. That's that's always big and intriguing. Um, so, there you go. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, let's talk a little speculation, huh? Huh? There's some uh, some good stuff coming out or that came out this week that could put a pretty penny or two in one's pocket, and one could even say that one has made several hundred pennies this week off some of these speculation books. <laughs> Several hundred pennies. Uh, you do the math. <laughs> Let's start out with uh, Batman Catwoman. Um, uh, we, we, we've got an appearance of Phantasm in here. Uh, no, does an appearance mean that this book's going to blow the fuck up? No. No, it's not. But what we do have is a first appearance of a character called Sewer King. Now, I'm not going to lie, I went through and I read this book, and I, I went into this book knowing that there's going to be a first appearance of a character called Sewer King in here, but I don't recall anywhere in here them going, hey, this motherfucker's Sewer King, he's got some shit to say, or someone going, well, I'm Sewer King, and I've got some shit to say, I don't remember any of that, maybe just, uh, a lot of that has to do with the way the book read, but I'll talk about that later on. But regardless, it's there. It's, you know, official first appearance of the Sewer King. What it means, I don't know. What's a Black Label first appearance if Black Label's non-canonical? Perhaps nothing. I don't know. Uh, from DC, we also have Justice League Endless Winter, number one. We get the first appearance of the Frost King. Now, I mean, if anything, he's definitely not a one-and-done bad guy, uh, but he, he's a bad guy that they're creating to really kick off an entire uh, crossover event. So, I mean, could mean something. We'll see how how his demise plays out at the end of this uh, Endless Winter run. But, you know, from what I saw, I, I see this guy doing some shit. Could be cool. Um, is it blowing up on eBay yet? Nope. Nope, it's not. Uh, from Marvel this week, we have Marvel Snapshots. Civil War, we've got the first appearance of a character called Helper. 
Now, I have heard nothing about this character at all. I don't know anything about it. This is going to be a, uh, a character that may never, ever actually gain steam. Or a character that doesn't gain steam for years and years to come. I just don't see this one being a big deal. Or I could be completely wrong, too. This is all speculation. You know, it's, it is what it is. But that's just kind of where I'm at with the helper on this book. But regardless of my feelings on it, it is an official first appearance. So I thought you should know. Uh, we've got a team appearance here. First appearance of the Union in the Union, number one. Uh, yeah, man. Um... I mean, team appearances are really just based off uh, the longevity of you know that and any type of fiscal gain is really just based off of popularity. Team appearances, nine times out of ten, I think don't mean anything. You know, not a, I just I don't see the union taking off and being something um, mainly because of the way the the book read, um, which is kind of unfortunate, but. It is what it is. Uh, you never know. You never know, though. I mean, my taste isn't everybody's taste. So, shit. Uh, but regardless, it is a first appearance. And then the the last big book that I have to talk about speculation-wise is a book that has put several um, hundred... <laughs> keep saying that term. Uh, pennies. One could even say seven, several hundred nickels into uh, one's pockets because daredevil number 25 really just kind of took everybody by storm uh with this you know I, spoilers the first appearance of electra wearing daredevil now how do i feel about this uh I, I feel like this book is going to die off any day now you know it's been a week and you know it's it's definitely roller coastered now the A cover, that one's actually staying pretty steady at right around fifty bucks. I've seen it go as high as seventy-five bucks, but after that it dropped down to like thirty and forty, and now it's right back around fifty. The the B cover, the nullified cover, kind of the same thing. You know, it's it's more around like thirty, thirty-five right now. Um, it's it peaked, uh, I think, at sixty-five, and then the one in twenty-five cover. Actually, I, I, I've seen it, I saw it sell, there were two sold copies, I'm sorry, one sold copy for as high as $200, um, and then on eBay it's right around, you know, I think the next highest was right around 150 or so, and then it's kind of right around 120 I could say that I got rid of one for 170 so, neato, right? You know, there's, there's no money in comics. Well, there is if, you know, you play the speculator market. Now... I, I sat there and I watched for four or five hours before I put up my 1 in 25 for sale just to kind of see what the market was doing. As soon as it hit 200, I put it up and it was a good thing because right after that $200 sale, that 1 in 25 just became less and less popular. Um, now, keep in mind, I didn't sell it on eBay either. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's, there's definitely some money to be made off of Daredevil. But I also think that... And, Oh, I don't know. Three issues tops through Daredevil. Um, this 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 book is a ten dollar book, maybe, maybe the one in twenty five, maybe thirty, forty bucks, maybe. So yeah, no, this is this is a quick flash in the pan, in my opinion. You know, if I'm wrong, awesome. Um, hell yeah, because I actually have another Daredevil book on the way. Uh, but, yeah, as far as actually trying to find the A and the B cover, though, it's, it's getting pricey, man. I'm surprised that these prices have 
lasted as long as they have. Every once in a while, you can luck out and find an A cover for twenty bucks, but um, not not so much, man. Not so much. So there you go. That's the the speculation for this week. You know, I might have missed something. I'm not sure if there's something that I should know about. Uh, at cheers to comics, man. Let me know. I, I I like to know this stuff. You know, I like to have my finger on the pulse of the market. Um, you know, I like to relay this news to the other unsuspecting flippers out there. Uh, yep, yep, yep. yep. Let's uh, let's talk highlights here. In a world of utter randomness, one podcast stood out from the bunch, and it was the amazing world of talking shiz. <coughs> Sorry, I had to clear my throat there. Um, yeah, it's just mainly randomness. And focus is it's definitely not being not focused on at all. No. <laughs> uh, our podcast is definitely um, no theme at all it's literally random and talk about literally everything and throwing in random jokes at any given time we're on spotify apple and google podcasts so go ahead tune in new episodes weekly and we're international international very very well so tune in follow us on twitter see you there so I, before I dive into the stuff that you expect me to talk about, you know, like King and Black and all of that good stuff, I want to shout out an app. A really great place to check out indie comics, Comic House. They were nice enough to offer me a free subscription, and in return, I just read some books. I didn't have to review them, but I found that the app is worthy of being reviewed. No doubt about it. Something I've known about for a long time. But I've never actually taken the dive into it. So Comic House, you know, it's, it's a digital format uh, suited for indie comic book creators. The, the virtually unknowns just trying to get discovered. And I tell you what, the, the, the vastness of their library is just, it, it's superb. It's superb. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the affordability. Uh, great, yeah, you know, I told you they gave me a free subscription. Cool, but the affordability is just—it's—it's it's so on point. If you're just somebody, you know, if you're somebody that's into webtoons and stuff, no, this is not formatted like webtoons. It's not. But if you're somebody that's just used to reading digitally, then Comic House is for you. So I decided that I'm going to start a little Comic House. Review segment, or not necessarily review, but just um, we'll, we'll put them on a pedestal. You know, this is what we'll, what it is for now. We're just putting a, a comic house book on a pedestal. Now, the first book that um, shined out to me is a book called Devil Dealers by Ross May, Brett Wood, and Christy Swan. Now, it's kind of a team-up book, but it revolves around a uh, well, it's a devil and a poker player. Two things of which I find to have great potential for storylines. Put the two together, bam. Then you make this a team book uh, consisting of a bunch of other people that have won bets against the devil and their particular... Mm, what are they? <laughs> what is it? Uh, particular set of skills, if you will. You know, one guy beat him as a fiddler. Mm-hmm. Uh, devil went down. You know, you, you know the song. But uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's a really cool concept. Uh, I will say this: it's not. It's a graphic novel. It's not an 
uh, an episodic type of uh, release, and that that that's kind of took me off just a little bit, um, just because I got 20 pages in, and I was like, I feel like this is just kind of getting started, and I looked at the page count, I was like, oh, because I'm only a fifth of the way through, this is a graphic novel, this just isn't issue number one, and uh, so yeah, I mean, have I finished it? No, no I haven't, but that's not because I, I disliked it. Um, as far as the uh, the, the storyline goes, I, I, it reads very. It does read very quickly. There's not a whole lot of dialogue whatsoever. It's very snappy, quick, which I enjoy as a reader. I got a big, thick stack of books to read every week. I like my dialogue quick and snappy. Uh, <laughs> so I enjoyed that. Um, uh, the, the the pacing was it was awesome. The uh, and then Brett Wood and Christy Swan on the art it was, it was cool, man. It, it was it was just fine. You know, it was, it's not mind blowing by any means, but at this you know it's very very passable. I mean beyond passable, way beyond passable. So uh, yeah, no, I mean this is this is a good checkout. That's for sure. Um, Comic House. The book is Devil Dealers. Ross May, Brett Wood, and Christy Swan. Shout out to ya. So let's uh let's talk about some books, huh? You know, I can. Hmm. I'm just gonna go ahead and say, the you know, I'm a, part of me is a little ashamed. Way back when I first started this podcast, I would talk about 15, 20 books in detail, and I realized you guys are getting two-hour podcasts, and yeah, and it's really just me shouting out everything that's going on in a book and you know, a good way to get caught up sure but now I've decided that I'm gonna be a little bit pickier about what I go into detail with and that's why I'm kinda going with this whole highlights segment now um, these aren't by any means all of the books that I read um, there's a whole other segment for that that you know that's just later on but right now these are the books that I find to be definitely most noteworthy if I'm trying to get people into comics these are the books that you know are most popular at this time or I feel should have a shit ton of popularity around it so that's that's kind of where I stand on this um, I try to give very little opinions when it comes to these for the most part just kind of state in fact what's going on in the books and all that good stuff but uh, for the most part uh, yeah it's just these books being on the list, I guess, is the closest thing I really get to opinion from me. <laughs> so let's just get on with it. Uh, the first book, it's an obvious pickup this week if you're in Marvel at all. Uh, King in Black, number one. Uh, Donny Cates, Ryan Stegman, J.P. Mayer, and Frank Martin. You know, it's, it's the team, man. It's the team. So uh, it's, it, what we're going through here is essentially, you know, Eddie's very aware that Noel is coming, so you know, he's more aware than ever. He's closer than ever, so he goes and he gets his little, his little Dylan, and he takes him to a fallout shelter, and he says, "Don't open this door for anybody but me." Of course, N Dylan is very resistant. He says, "Noel and I are very much alike. Maybe I could fight him, perhaps even defeat him, or cause a distraction or whatever." And Eddie says, "Not a chance in hell." Uh, so yeah, no. In the meantime, he's got. You know, Eddie locked away in his little fallout shelter. So now he's got to go to this, you know, um, I, I believe it was the, the Ravencroft where they had all the, it's still very hive mindy in there. Lots of symbiote residue still about there. Perhaps, you know, Eddie could try. He could try to, uh, through the, the his symbiote, 
venom um, and through this hive, peep through the hive mind, and perhaps, you know, get a track on Null. Now, this is very risky because Null, ha you know, once you're in the hive mind, Null has control, so if he notices um, Eddie and Venom's in there, then you can just track him down and kill him. Uh, if not, you know, just like on point, boom, no questions asked. So that's that's what he set off to do. In the meantime, in the meantime, the Avengers are in space, and you know it's it's your your Captain America and your your Tony Stark and other Avengers. They're in space and they they've got an eye out. Um, uh, they're they're gonna kind of be the first defense against Noel's army when he shows up. And that's exactly what happens, but the thing is, is, it's way more than expected because, you know, hole opens up, Null's on his way through, and there's just a quadrillion symbiote dragons coming through. And despite Tony Stark's big, huge, blasty bomb that takes out you know, a bunch of them, it's not nearly enough. So at this point, you know, Cap realizes it's time to uh, assemble a ground team. They're coming. Tony, you know, there's nothing they could do about it from space. They need everybody they got on the ground. So Cap assembles this really, uh, based off of what they know, symbiotes, um, electric and sound-based type of heroes, because that's, you know, electricity and sound are what fucks with symbiotes the most, which I believe to be very smart. So they're down there, and at this point, dragons make it down, and yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking war. Like, just they don't really lube you up at all. They just kind of stick it in. <laughs> um, and that, 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 that's what's going on, you know? And at this point, so Tony, Tony's still up um, kind of leading from above, if you will. You know, he's, he's, he's the guy uh, really sending the, the, the means to what needs to happen at that point in time. You know, everybody, and, you know, of course, one may wonder, well, why, why doesn't Thor just show up? Thor take no fuck problem. Uh, no one knows where Thor is. We don't know where Thor is. Thor's dealing with some Donald Blake bullshit right now. Um, so yeah, the, don't ask that. But who does show up? Tony calls in mutant backup. So now we've got you know the the X Men. They show up. It's an amazing, an amazing entrance. It's cinematic the way it comes in. It's badass. Um, and that's. Yeah, that's that's what happens. Well, no, he shows up, and at this point, he he doesn't just arrive on his own. Uh, he he arrives with these uh, celestials, and uh, well, that calls for Stark to call in another favor, and he he calls none other than the Sentry, old Bob. Is that a name, Bob? Something like Bill, Bob. I think it's Bob, but uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sentry shows up, and you think, all right, boom, because Sentry shows up, and boom, immediately takes out a Celestial, and you think, all right, we got ourselves a little fight here, let's see, see what this shit's about, um, you know, turns out, it's not about much, uh, that, that, kill, taking out a Celestial really pisses off Noel, so he goes up to, the to Sentry, and, you know, making, I guess Sentry goes up to him, it takes him way up in the air, and he's thinking, I almost destroy you up here, this is over. Well, Sentry immediately realizes that he is bitten off way more than he could chew. Noel does the old reversal, and literally rips him in half. Uh, so, whoops, whoopsie doodle, that's bad. 
That's that's super bad. And uh, then at this point, he's just showing off. Null's just showing off because he envelops the Earth in a symbiotic shell, and then the ground starts becoming symbiotic and starts absorbing all the the, the ground-based heroes, and everybody is, uh, for lack of better words, fucked. So. Uh, this is bad. This is bad. Noel has definitely flexed, and you know, at this point, he shouts out, "Look, I'm looking for a Brock. Show me Brock, and I'll make your death super as painless as I know how to make him." And being is that he's this Deathbringer, you can only imagine he doesn't have a whole lot. I mean, he he doesn't act painless very often. So, <laughs> regardless, this is gonna suck. Well, now Eddie, he. He, he pretty much volunteers himself, and, you know, because you just assume he's looking for Eddie, right? The guy that has Venom, the guy that killed the, the Grendel dragon and caused all this bullshit. Well, he... <laughs> Turns out he's not. You know, Eddie does face-to-face with Noel. Noel realizes, oh, I should have been a little more specific. Rips the symbiote from Eddie and uh, throws him naked down a trillion stories and he's fallen now and then you realize that it is in fact dylan brock that noel is after bum, bum, bum. Uh, how's that for a rundown hmm yeah would you like mm-hmm. uh huge awesome first start to an issue it lets you know immediately noel is not messing around i really do believe this is Noel flexing showing he is the next big bad in the marvel universe i said it uh, two plus years ago, when Venom number three came out, I said this is the next Thanos. This is the next big some bitch that people are going to want to make a movie after. I, I'm I'm telling you, uh, I, I really no ripping Sentry in half like he was a piece of bread, and then wrapping the Earth around a symbiote and just single-handedly taking out Earth's mightiest heroes, um, using his brain is, uh, I mean, come on, there's no infinitely gauntlet here, guys, the guy's a beast, you know, he's a creator of darkness, or something like that, uh, so, don't, (laughs) don't sleep on that Venom number three, guys, because this book right here is proven quite a bit, we'll see as the, the series continues on, but I don't think they're killing Null, just gonna go ahead and say it. More from Marvel this week. We've got Champions number three, Legacy numbering 40. I'm so happy to say that I'm still reading Champions and will continue to be. Uh, Evo Ewing, Bob Quinn, and Federico Bli, covered by Tony Infante. So what's going on here is that we've got this little PSA on the TV by Bombshell, a former champion who is now held up by Cradle, put in their... Uh, possession through their rehab program, reform program, if you will, and she's on there going, oh yeah, no, I was stupid to be a hero, and Cradle's the best thing, and you know, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, all the other champions, especially the freshly uh, captured champions by Cradle, they're they're looking on and going, well, what the hell's going on with Bombshell? What is going on in here? It's not like her whatsoever. So she shows up back into the cafeteria after making this live statement and obviously, you know, getting some some eyes from the team. Um, While all that's going on, uh, Locust, another champion, she's kind of protesting in her own way. She's not eating. Um, Not out of like a hunger strike type of situation. She's no Gandhi. She's essentially saying, I don't trust this food. 
Like, what just made Bombshell say all that shit? Uh, is she being brainwashed in the mashed potatoes here? What's going on? And obviously the cafeteria lady, lunch lady, is like, I'm going to have to call the big guys. And the big guys show up and we get ourselves a little kerfuffle in the cafeteria. And we ain't talking food fight. While all this is happening, um, you know, obviously not everybody's hemmed up by uh, Cradle at this point. We've got Viv Vision. She arrives in Kansas. Why Kansas? Because she once saw a girl there that had a dog and everything worked out for her. Uh, so yeah, so she's walking through Kansas on a long, lonesome road, and uh, this old lady, she's just sitting there crying on her stoop, and she says, "Hey, lady, why are you crying?" And the lady says, "Well, you know, the power's out, and because the power's out, you can't call the the people to tell them that the power's out." Vision's like, well, check this out. So she just jumps up. And keep in mind, she doesn't look like a superhero. She's all disguised and everything. She just jumps up, zaps the little power line and fixes it. And she comes back down. And she's like, you're cool now. And all was like, huh. Well, you helped me. Do you want to live with me? I think I know that you're on the run. And I know your whole story. And, uh... <laughs> you know, I mean, she tells it in a lot more uh, convincing way. You know, if me, me just plotting it out like that it makes it seem like it's just kind of uh shoveled into your face but it's you know lady it's a very sympathetic type of situation lady's been there done that and uh yeah and she even kind of says look you know i've been on the road before and i've had to to do things that i'm not super proud of but i came out a better person for it so i'm gonna see to it that you know you just kind of hang out here we're cool all good and by the way the lady's name's cora so yeah um, so obviously I kind of get, you know, I don't trust the bitch. I just don't. <laughs> that's just me. But, you know, that's where Viv is, If in case you're wondering. Now, where's the rest of the champions, man? Where's Kamala and Miles and Sam and Riri? Well, I'll tell you where Kamala and Sam and Miles and Riri are. They're on the run, constantly from Cradle. They can't freaking save a puppy from a lawnmower. With, I, don't, I don't know where that, where that came from. That's just the first... Um, crime that came to mind for some reason. Is that a crime? No, I guess that's more of like a public service. If you're purposely trying to run a puppy over with a lawnmower, you're fucked. Now, a lawnmower accidentally uh, running over a puppy like that, I, that's something, that'd be a fucking terrible tragedy. You know, it's something that I see the champion swooping in and doing. And then Cradle being like, we got her. Wait, puppy, damn it, took the bait. Uh, <laughs> they took the bait. That means Cradle purposely put a puppy in front of a lawn. God damn, this is... where did I should have never said puppy in front of a lawnmower. Uh, scratch that. The, none, none of that happens in the book. That's just... Jesus Christ. Uh, you guys have a good mental doctor. To, mental doctor? To talk to? <laughs> Hit me up with a phone number, because there's clearly a fucking screw loose right now. Uh, so Kamala, Miles, and Sam and Riri, they, they find themselves staying at, uh, one of Riri's online buddy's friend's treehouse, and, you know, stay there for a night and catch us, you know, some sleep, because they haven't been able to on account of all the, the puppies they've been saving. Uh, <laughs> but, of course, that's not enough. Cradle shows up. Still... And th this this has the the champions cornered. Now they, they they pretty much come out and say, well, we're not turning ourselves in. Well, a couple of them are like, we should turn ourselves in, and then just try to figure out where the rest of our homies are. But that that is really overruled. And they say, okay, now we're just gonna fight our way out of here. You know, this whole army we're gonna take down. So they 
do their little superhero landing, but then boom, uh, a certain mutant shows up by the name of Cyclops, and he says, under the laws of uh, Krakoa, these people need asylum. So they're they're being what what's the persecuted and blah 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 because of something something something. So yeah, we're gonna take these some bitches to Krakoa. Now, if y'all wanna say something about it, we got some trigger happy mutants that are happy to start a war. So, <laughs> and that's just that that's it. That's it. And I thought that was dope. I love that. And it would make sense that it's Cyclops. It just hit me in the head. Duh. That's why it was Cyclops. Uh, it makes so much more sense now. Um, I, I didn't read the last round of champions. I just so happen to know that Cyclops was a part of the champions in some way, shape, or form. So that makes sense. Now. This is cool, man. See, this is, this is good comic booking. This is very good comic booking. Uh, continuing on, more Marvel. Big, big, uh, awesome week for Marvel this week, guys. A book that I didn't I expected to read. I was very excited to read. I didn't really expect to be talking about, but to my surprise, Modoc Head Games is the shit. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Modoc Head Games number one by Jordan Bloom and Patton Oswalt, the same fellers that are writing the animated series as well. I didn't realize that Jordan Blum, Bloom was also... I thought he was a comic book writer that was kind of helping Patton Oswalt write a comic. But it turns out, no, they're two TV people that are writing a comic together. So that's super awesome. Scott by... Scott. Art by Scott Hepburn and Carlos Lopez, which I will say... I'm just going to go ahead and say it was my favorite art of the... Uh, the best art of the whole week. It, it really was. The, the, the art was fantastic. The way Modoc is... Oh, man. It's so good. There's one particular scene. I even tweeted it. It's just ah, uh, so goddamn good. And the the A cover by Cully Hammer, not to be fucked with either. So uh, Modok, he is in this particular moment. He is the head of AIM, but he has another member of AIM by the name of Monica Rappaccini. That is, she's in second in command, and she's not really super agreeable of the fact that Modoc is ahead of the situation here. So she kind of stages a little revolt and uh, forces Modoc out. Well, Modoc, being the um, you know mental organism designed only for killing that he is, he uh, kills back. And, yeah, but while all this is going on, and even at the beginning of the book, he's kind of having these strange false memories that aren't his, but they are his, if that makes no sense at all. Uh, but that, that, that's what's going on. So while he's having to, to, to fight his way out of all of this bullshit, he, he realizes that there's one person that really could help him with, you know, this memory thing more than anything, but also taking out uh, AIM. And uh, it'd be Tony Stark. So I'll be damned. Maybe that's why I'm a little biased. But even before the the last couple pages, when they reveal that Tony Stark and Modok are going to be teaming up, oh my god, I changed my pants. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, man, this this is so good. It, it really was. I'm I'm so impressed with this book. Patton Oswalt, just ah oh, man. Always a name that I'm super drawn to, no matter what it is. Uh, I just I love I love Patton Oswalt, and to see him doing comics, especially doing a comic on a series that he's you know a co-writer on, <laughs> an animated series that he's co-writer on. I'm just 
I'm excited to be a comics fan more than anything, but a MODOK fan, I just love that I love MODOK. And I love that there's going to be so many people that are going to be in the MODOK here very, very soon. As soon as this D-plus series drops, uh, people are going to be all into this last issue. Because there's not really... This is only the third miniseries that MODOK has had on his own. You know, he's had a, a one-shot. Uh, it was an X-Men one X-Men Black one-shot. And then a, one, maybe two other... I don't know, not much, not much, so, uh, get on this series, man, this is going to be a good five-parter, I, I got a lot of faith in this one, so shout out to him. Chugging along here, let's, uh, I more Marvel, uh, you know I'm talking about Thor, man, Thor number 10, Legacy 736, Donny Cates, Nick Klein, Matthew Wilson, uh, or, yeah, and then Oliver Copiel on that A cover, oh lord. So, just like I hoped would happen, they turned Donald Blake into a badass mofo. And that's that's what's going on here in this issue. Donald Blake, he is in Asgard. He had done messed up Loki's face. And uh, he's, he's angry to learn that his whole life is a fake. He realizes it's all just kind of a storybook. And, you know, he's just a shell of a, an existence. So that, that brings him into this fit of rage. Well, before you can get too ragey, some certain Asgardians like Beta Ray Bill and Lady Sif and Volstagg, uh, those three specifically, show up to, you know, stop Blake. Well, he, it turns out, as it turns out, Blake uh, has all of the powers and thoughts of Thor, and he has fought all three of these you know, beings, these other Asgardians several times, and none of them have actually fought Donald Blake. So this gives Donald Blake the super upper hand. So first off, it's Beta Ray Bill, and essentially he just turns Beta Ray Bill into a Beta Ray bitch. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, he, he de-helms him and strips him of his power, and yeah, man, uh, whoops. And next up, uh, Lady Sif takes her sword mm, that's bad because lady sif is the one that opens up you know the the bifrost the rainbow bridge it's gonna be bad right and we got volstag uh he i mean volstag essentially stops yeah beta ray bill from or uh, yeah being killed entirely so you know i mean he gets a good punch in that's for damn sure but in the long run, yeah, no, Blake, he, he subdues them all, He get, and uh, with Sif's sword, he sends them to the uh, Dimension Blood, is what, Dimension Blood? I don't know, it's really w weird the way it's worded, you know, if it were Dimension Blood, there'd be like a colon in there, I think, but I don't know, I might have missed something. But that's where they are, all of Asgard for that matter, all of Asgard is in this really, really, really shitty place. Meanwhile, Thor learns from Jormungand, which I can not say properly, um, this, well, it's just this Asgardian dragon, about Blake's whole descent into madness, and uh, Thor realizes that he's got a big old mess on his hands. So, mm-hmm, I tell you what, man, this is, uh, <laughs> this is one of the best things in comics right now, this Thor. I, it's simple but it's it's intricate at the same time and uh, i love it man i love the characters that he's bringing in here the, the art is absolutely fantastic nick klein's art is undeniable undeniable and 
you know, honestly, despite what you may think about Donny Cates, I, 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 you know, I, I think he too himself is undeniable. The dude is just, he knows how to give us, un, I don't see anything recycled coming out of Donny Cates' stories. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. He creates new things and makes it beautiful um, and makes old things shiny again like donald blake was i mean donald blake was never a huge character but now look at this guy just single hand ah it's so good it's so good so um great marvel books this week to talk about for sure definitely some highlights coming out of marvel uh oddly enough i didn't really have any indies to talk about you know heavy was the big one for me and i had to do a catch-up on that but i'm happy to say that i am caught up on heavy uh, at this point in time, I could say after reading two issues back to back, if you're into just wacko weird shit and you, you're not homophobic in any way, shape or form, then the, this, this series is absolutely insanely for everybody. <laughs> as long as, like I said, you, you, you like wacko bonkers shit and you're not homophobic in the slightest because, uh, I, I will go on to say there is an abundance of dinguses just drawn about being uh, flicked and dinged about. Dinged about? I don't know how it works. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, that's... I wish I could say more about Heavy, but I guess I should have saved that. My point is I don't have any other indies to talk about, but I do have some DC... Just a little bit. I read a lot of DC this week, but really the main highlight for me is Batman 104. Uh, as per huge, James Tynan the fourth and Gillam March just killing it. Jorge Jimenez and Tom Almoray on the cover just killing it. Uh, this is a very heavy Ghostmaker story. We 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 learn a lot about Ghostmaker here. Um, uh, it starts out with Batman, Clown Hunter, and Harley all in this. Um, seemingly what should be familiar place, at least to Bruce Wayne. They're all strapped down on these gurneys, and Ghostmaker's given his whole speech to Bruce Wayne. Um, let's Bruce actually wake up first, gave him a, 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 less, a lesser dosage of sedative, just he had the opportunity to talk to him without them being awake, and yeah. Um, so we, we, we could have a <laughs> a bit of a backstory here, you know, after Ghostmaker says, okay, this is the situation, um, it cuts to Oracle and Dick, um, really just kind of trying to maintain eyes on the city, um, you know, we want to keep track of where the rest of the Batfam is and all this good stuff, you know, the path of hell that Ghostmaker has created, <laughs> You know, they, they, they're just trying to follow all that. Well, well, what's going on here is essentially Oracle and Barbara. She's like, hey, man, what's uh, what's this what's this Ghostmaker guy about? And Grayson goes on to say, look, I, I've never met the guy, and I've only seen him once. And he tells that story. They're, they pull up to this area. They're chasing some guy, and they're stopped short. Uh, Batman gets out of the jet, goes up to Ghostmaker, comes back and Batman says, okay, we're out of here. Ghostmaker's got it from here. And, you know, obviously um, Robin at the time, Dick, is very questionable of this. And we get the, the, the backstory on Ghostmaker. And, you know, Bruce goes on to tell him, look, he's not a friend. He's not a person that I talk about often. It's kind of a sore subject, but here's the deal, little Robin boy. 
uh, back when I was abroad, no, I never really talk about much of that anyways, uh, back when I was abroad, I was trying to be the world's greatest, you know, crime fighter, and there was another fellow there that also wanted to be the world's greatest crime fighter, and became really, really, really good friends, but when he found out my motive was based off of vengeance, uh, he was very much against that, and realized that, you know, he's gonna be doing this for the wrong reason, so he actually became an enemy, and very competitive, so when it became time for them to go off and be superheroes together, they laid down the law saying Ghostmaker is never, ever, 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 ever allowed in Gotham City, and Batman is never, ever, 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 ever allowed wherever Ghostmaker happens to be, so, yeah, and that could be anywhere at that time, it just so happens to be at this particular time, Ghostmaker was there, so that's why, you know, hmm, I gotta go. So that yeah, uh, that's we 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 get quite the uh, the backstory there. To me, that backstory tells me that Ghostmaker is going to be a character that we really should invest in. I think this guy is going to be a big deal. Maybe not as Ghostmaker, but as this character. Uh, we, we learn more about this character. His real name, his true identity, all of that good stuff. I think, oh, it's going to be good stuff, man. Um, so uh, after that story isn't told, we go back to you know the little. Uh, dungeon-esque type of room, if you will. It's not really a dungeon. It just kind of feels like that in a way. And uh, everybody's starting to wake up. And at this point in time, Batman realizes that, you know, he's, he's, he's being tested. Uh, he's still tied up. Harley Quinn's still tied up. Clown Hunter, not tied up. Clown Hunter, his whole motive is to kill Harley Quinn. So he realizes that, you know, this is Ghostmaker's way of testing Bruce Wayne. Um... Uh, you know, is he going to have to actually lay hands on this kid? And even though he's tied up, he's Bruce Wayne. He could if he wanted to. I'm sure. We'll find out, I guess. Because um, Clown Hunter, he's on his way to kill Harley Quinn. You know, and in case you're not familiar, his little beef with her was she was in the same room with the Joker people that killed his family. She didn't kill his family, but she was there. So she's got to pay. Despite the fact that she's very much, well, I can't say very much. Well, yeah, I guess you could say very much reformed. Uh, so, yeah, no, he's, and he's, it really ends with uh, his little blady bat, batwing bat, as uh, uh, her throat. So, yeah, Batman's definitely being tested here. Now, I, I think the Clown Hunter, is, you know, obviously, is, I think Batman's going to be able to say something to change his mind in some way, shape, or form. You know, I don't think he's going to kill Harley Quinn. I, I don't see that happening. Uh, but I also, I mean, I, I think Clown Hunter, uh, this is going to be a, a very pivotal moment here in the next issue or two between Batman and Clown Hunter. You know, right now there's not really a Robin. So, I mean, this kid's disturbed. Uh, Batman could have the opportunity to reform him. It could be a good chance for him to prove Ghostmaker wrong in a lot of ways. I don't know. I don't know. Could be a thing. Could Clown Hunter become the next Robin? I don't know. But I I think this is a perfect situation for something like that to happen. So there you go. Those are the books that I have, you know, highlighted this week. You know, there's plenty of other stuff that came out. Uh, but those are the ones that I definitely suggest that you take a peek at. You know, a series that I want you guys to get into. Find, you know, this is my top recommendations, essentially. So, that being said, as you all know, I read a buttload of books. There's still a buttload of books that 
I do find noteworthy and worth mentioning, so that brings me to the honorable mentions. So, let's, uh, do I have this sorted out here? I don't know if it's sorted out particularly. It's, yeah, in no particular order. Let's start out with Batman Catwoman. I'm sure a lot of you, or maybe not, um, were really expecting me to talk about this book. Here's the deal about this book. I don't know if this book is absolutely amazing, or if it's the worst thing I've ever read. I don't know. And it's very typical of Tom King to write like that, for me at least. The art was absolutely stunning, no doubt about it. Clay Mann is the shit, one of the greatest artists in all of comics. Uh, but, you know, I mean, as far as uh, the, the story goes, yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of potential here, but it's 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 very ambiguous, that's for sure. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about it. And uh, honestly, I don't know what I read. I really don't know what I read. So I didn't feel comfortable talking about it. Deceased Dead Planet, issue number six. Heavy, heavy Constantine. If you're a Constantine fan, you are loving this series right now, man. This is good stuff. I just, I recommend Deceased. That's that's all there is to it. Uh, Justice League Endless Winter. Uh, I, surprisingly, I, I, I loved it. I really did. And I was really disappointed, like I said earlier, to find out that it's a whole... Uh, maybe I didn't say it earlier, but yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a crossover event, so it ties into other ongoing series, and unfortunately series that I'm not really into, like Flash. So, and because, you know, I didn't know that until after Flash was on the FOC, I didn't get my hands on it, so I'm going to be lost in this already. I, it's, it's a bummer, too. It really is. Amazing cover by Mikel Janine, though. Uh, Heavy, number three. Heavy was dope. Talked a little bit about it. Um, it's it's gnarly stuff, man. Uh, Max, what but Max Bemis is doing here is absolutely incredible. Uh, e even the A cover itself should almost be covered up, like blackout type of situation, because there's borderline nudity going on. Uh, it's it's definitely a book not for prudes. Uh, the Union. Uh, honestly, I don't. It, I'm sure it means something here, but it, it it was very scattered to me, so I didn't know how to talk about it. That's that's all I really gotta say. Uh, Strange Adventures number seven, like I have been saying since this came out, in a very Tom King type of way. Uh, it's just something I feel like it just needs to be read all at once. Otherwise, it's not gonna make sense. I I, I don't. Yeah, it's just, his style of writing is just too much. It's too different from the norm when it comes to comics. Is that bad? No. No, it's just different for me, and it's hard for me to acclimate to. So uh, his type is his stuff I gotta read in chunks. So that's where I'm at with Strange Adventures. Batman: The Adventures Continue. I thought this to be the last of the the seven part miniseries, but it turns out they're gonna take it to eight. So um, yeah, no, this isn't a series that I'm particularly re particularly reading. It's more of a collecting type of thing, but it's in my apocalypse pile. That's for damn sure. Uh, Inkblot number four. This is one that I'm taking to the first story arc. I don't know if this is a five or six or issue story arc, but wherever that is is where I'm going to stop it, and then I'll go through. You know, eventually I'll get around to reading it and probably trade weight the rest of it once you know I determine how I feel about it. But uh, regardless, it seems like an interesting concept, so I put it on my pull list. Uh, Spy Islands, the same type of situation. Um, it seems like a very very interesting type of concept. I think this is only a four-parter, so um, I think this wraps up here. I'm pumped. Pumped. Uh, b the Boys, Dear Becky, number seven. You know, I thought this... <laughs> I didn't realize this was going to be an ongoing... Maybe it's going to be a maxi-series. Maybe go to 12 issues or something. Not particularly sure. Um, but 
you know, I, as much as I enjoyed the 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 Amazon series, and as late to the game as I was on the boys, you know, I, especially being a Derek Robertson fan, shame on me. Uh, yeah, I gotta have some sort of boys in my collection, so there we go. You know, out of context, that statement could be uh, very damning. <laughs> the Walking Dead Deluxe. Number four now. So yeah, once we get through the first uh, there's like five or six issues or whatever, whenever the second story arc starts up is when I'll start reading this ongoing. In the meantime, I, I read the first volume in the black and whites and yeah, um, I'm I'm actually you know kind of excited to read a story that's been out forever that I really haven't gotten around to reading. Uh, from IDW, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Jenica, Chapter Two, Issue Number Two. This is a six-parter that I am uh, going to sit down and read uh, with my my little six-year-old. She's a huge, huge Jenica fan, so yeah, man, good stuff. Brom Revel killing it. Uh, X Factor number five. Uh, yeah, obviously, right? Um, it's good stuff. Or is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. Actually, no, I collect all the Dawn of X stuff. This isn't a series that I particularly read ongoing, though. It's just for the sake of having it. And in case it, you know, just so happens to cross over into an event, I have all of the issues because I don't like just having an issue number four in my series. Uh, so <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and, and I, I really am the guy that just wants to have all of the... Hickman universe X-Men shit. It's just where I stand on it, regardless of whether or not I read it. For some reason, I still have Black Widow on my pull list. Not to say anything bad about it. You know, it's Kelly Thompson. I'm sure it's great. Uh, I just don't find myself uh, gravitating towards Black Widow titles. I just wanted to have a little this little mini series in my collection, and as it turns out, there's like seven Black Widow freaking series going on right now. So it makes it very <laughs> Yeah, I think in one of these issues, though, we'd kind of get a slight first appearance in some way, shape, or form of a character that's really yet to be mentioned again since, to my knowledge. At least not in the speculator market. Uh, Savage Avengers, number 15. Uh, yeah, I'm in and out of it, but, you know, not based off of, uh, you know, quality by any means. It's more, you know, timing and... Uh, yeah, that's really the only thing that takes me out of this book, is if, you know, it's a big, thick week, I don't really get around to it, and I had a lot to read this already this week, and I just didn't get around to Savage Avengers, so. Yeah, man. Yeah. Miles Morales, Spider-Man, number 21, Legacy 261. Uh, yeah, no, this is another one that I just, I'm not gonna not have Miles Morales in my, in, in my collection, um, but, you know, at the same time, I'm, not really a character that I'm super attracted to, at least not a priority character of mine. Uh, I go in and out of this series as well, you know, and I, I like having all of it. So, yeah, man. Uh, end of a end of a story arc on this one as well. The the ultimatum saga, apparently. Uh, let's see here. We've also got oh, last lastly, Hellions number seven. Awesome cover, I will say. Uh, Mister Sinister, all up in the. Uh, uh, all on the tombstone there. Rest in peace, the Hellions, it says. Uh, you know, once again, you know, Ten of Swords really took me out of being caught up on all of the Dawn of X series, so I got a lot of catching up to do. When I do, I, I, I might actually, you know, try to stay on Hellions. And uh, 
I really, really like Havoc is what it comes down to. I'm not really getting a whole lot of Havoc much elsewhere right now. At least that I could think of. So that's what it comes down to. And I guess now lastly, you thought I forgot. I almost forgot. I really almost forgot. Um, a book that, you know, you would think that this would be a highlight book, right? And, yeah, no, this is definitely uh, a highlight book, but uh, there just wasn't a whole lot to really say about it. Mm, Daredevil 25. Really, the thing to say about it is, is Elektra, spoilers, uh, puts on a Daredevil outfit, and she's out to prove to Matt that she can be Daredevil. And that's that's really what's going on. It's a montage of her just kicking asses uh, Daredevil. So, you know, it's, it's, it's Elektra, man. It's... it's, it's is this going to stick around? I don't think so, but we'll see. We'll see. In the meantime, book's getting flipped faster than a pancake at IHOP. I don't know. I don't know. That was terrible. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. So, yeah, no, plenty of, plenty of other titles to check out and read. I may or may not have read them myself, but, you know, I'm... I'm it's not all based off of my taste. I'm not here to acclimate everybody to my shit. I'm just trying to let everybody know that there's comics out there and get on them. Now, let's talk about some wall books, huh? Some books that I pick up strictly for the shelf appeal, baby. Uh, if you've ever checked out the YouTube channel, um, check out my wall, man. I've got actually several walls, but the only one that's really in shot, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man, the, 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 when I talk about wall books, that's where it goes. So these are the books that I find to be most appealing visually. So I picked up um, several covers for King and Black, actually. I did swoop the secret variant. I picked up the 1 in 25 variant, and I also picked up the Lionel Francis U connecting variant as well. I'm very excited about connecting these uh the, 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 oh, I love connecting variants. I really do. I hope that there's very minimal trade dress on here. And it looks like they got the, the trade dress here in the bottom right-hand corner. So, yeah. I mean, this is it's, it's a $6 series, $6 a piece series. So it makes it pricey when you're collecting all of the variants for this because Lord knows they put out a buttload of variants. But, yeah, uh, I... I, I Got a good deal on the 1 in 25. I just so happened to accidentally... I mean, the, yeah, I, it wasn't on purpose. I got the secret variant. That's what happens when you order multiple copies of things at times. And uh, I, I really am excited about this Lionel Francis U. I'm it doesn't say... I'm pretty sure it's Lionel Francis. Uh, but yeah, regardless, it's gorgeous. Super hot book. Um, you know, I talked about it earlier with the speculator, but the Daredevil nullified variant is absolutely gorgeous. So, um, I I didn't pick this book up out of speculation. I picked it up because well, I'm trying to collect all of the nullified variants for one and two. This is one of the best ones there is. <laughs> uh, Black Widow got a dope ass nullified variant. I think this one is ah shit. Who is this? Is this Leon Yuck? Damn it. No, I don't see a signature on there. What, whoever it is, it's, is it Scon? Could be Scon. It's badass, man. It's badass. I, I dig it. Uh, Deceased Dead Planet number six had a, an incredible Francesco Mattina Dr. Fate variant. You know, I'm, you know, I'm glad to see that Francesco Mattina is still, after all these years, is holding my attention. I found myself kind of... You know, getting a little bored with him. You know, and just some of his stuff he just 
copies himself. And I know, I know, he's been in trouble for copying others before. And I'm not going to get into that. But I also know, you know, yeah, he's copied shit. But he's also a great artist as well. He just sometimes gets a little lazy. Um, this one here, you know, this Dr. Fate cover, I think he did a good job on. You know, I've got all of his uh, deceased covers behind me. And I don't see it, you know, copying any any of those at all. So... Yeah, man. Good stuff on that one. It's going to go proudly. It's finally going to fill in that fucking blank spot I have there. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to have to do some shifting now that I look at things because there's going to be at least one more issue to come out and I'm a slot short. Shown bitch. Uh, speaking of Francesco Mattina, uh, Batman number 104. Another. He's been doing a lot of the Batman covers, the majority of the Batman covers. Uh, this is one you really got to look hard at to appreciate. Like I said, kind of lazy with you know, just a whole lot of black and in the shadows. Oh, I, I don't want to say lazy, you know. And he's definitely not copying anything. It's just, yeah, it's not, not not the best work, I would say. Just for the sake of you know what the what the fuck's going on here. But at the same time, I am a Francesco Mattina collector, so. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. For a long time, this wall behind me was actually 95% Francesco Mattina. And there's a lot of wall behind me. I've had, um, yeah, and I've since decided to change up the flavor. So, um, yeah, a lot of Mattina stored away. This one's going to get stored away too, but uh, I don't know. The more I look at it, I guess the more I appreciate it. It is pretty cool. I like the rats. There's some cool rats in there. And then lastly, lastly this week, uh, perhaps my favorite cover of the week. One of my favorite cover artists, one of my favorite artists in general is Daniel Warren Johnson from Murder Falcon. Uh, he did a Justice League Endless Winter uh, variant cover on here, and it is the Frost King. That was actually the first appearance of the Frost King, now that I think about it. Or cover appearance of the Frost King. That's good to know. Look at that. Um, yeah, but he's a, a slap in the shit <laughs> out of uh, Superman there. So this is a good one. This is a really great one. Uh, I, I'm eventually going to put together, once I get uh, a, f a few more of these, I'm going to put together a Daniel Warren Johnson wall because it's well-deserving, man. The guy's a beast. I love his style, man. Love his steez. Get all of his covers. So there you go, guys. That's, uh, that's it. That's the podcast. It's a big old thick, healthy stack of books that have been talked about. Um, yeah, as always, you know, Check out the hashtag the apocalypse on Twitter. Uh, if you're looking for just the the ultimate collaboration of independent podcasts, then hashtag the apocalypse. You can find them on Podchaser. Find follow that list on Podchaser. Most most importantly, Podchaser.com. If you don't know what it is, just go there, find out, and then love me for it later. If you're into podcasts, then Podchaser is the absolute mecca for you. Um, and yeah, once again, follow, it's in the, it's, I mean, right there, number three list in all of Podchaser is the Apocalypse. so, mm-hmm, yeah, humble brag much, it's the best, it really is, uh, despite the, those other two lists ahead of me, I mean, that, that's just numbers, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go, I don't want to say me, I say us, yes, I guess I kind of created it, but, I couldn't do it without the other podcasts involved with it. So just know the name hashtag the apocalypse and you'll you'll be a happy, happy listener. Uh, 
yeah, follow. What else? What else? Those are the, the Cheers Comics YouTube channel. Always, always got to be liking that. I've been pretty consistent with my posts on that. Whether it's Scout Unboxings or New Comic Book Day Hauls, which one just went up, uh, then, yeah, baby. That's the, that's the place to go. Always growing on the YouTube channel. I'm going to start putting out some five-minute reviews here soon, too. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, uh, also, there's a, there's freaking, what's it called? Patreon. Patreon.com slash Cheers to Comics. If you really are the ultimate fan of the show, then um, sign up as a patron and just uh, know that I, I, I love you more than uh, dogs love pissing on fire hydrants. That's how much I love you. So... <laughs> You slurds, I hope you've been entertained, informed, enlightened, enthused, um, in to something new. Uh, I, I, as always, please, 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 please stay safe out there. Uh, read responsibly. Still don't know what that means after 261 issue, or issues, uh, episodes, but just keep doing that. And, um, as always, I love you. Cheers, fuckers! Hi, you're listening to Cheers to Comics Podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics Podcast. Hey, everyone, I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics Podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to Cheers to Comics Podcast.